I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. The Hopper Podcast is not professional advice, just two guys spitballing. So do your own research. Hey, Dave, we got a great topic for today. But before we do... Uh I want to give you another puzzler. You love these things. I love these yeah. puzzlers. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. I got okay. a I got a puzzler for you, and uh, and for our audience as well. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you, and then I'm not gonna give you the answer uh-huh. until later the end of the show, the end of this episode. Okay, but there is an answer. Okay. Okay. Read so, away. So I'm gonna read this, and you've got it in front of you as well. Listen to this very carefully. Here okay. it is. This paragraph is odd. What is its oddity? You may not find it at first, but this paragraph is not normal. What is wrong? It's just a small thing, but an oddity that stands out if you find it. What is it? You must know. Your days will not go on until you find out what is odd. You will pull your hair out. Your insomnia will push you until your poor brain finally short circuits trying to find an oddity in this paragraph. Good luck. This is puzzling indeed. All right. Well, think about that, folks. If you need to, you can you can hit rewind and listen to that again. There is actually something very weird about that paragraph. <laughs> and actually, I just gave you a hint. Okay, let's get on with the show. But at the end, I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay. Dave, have you been following what's going on in Israel and uh, Gaza? I have to a fair amount, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is awful what's going on there. Yeah, it's um it, it's a it's a I mean, it's tragic. It's it's yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. And I think that uh, lots of people have been very very confused and I have in somewhat to think about how we can understand this, particularly given the fact that Israel uh, is so much, you know, we've been singing uh, Advent and Christmas songs, and a lot of that is about Israel. Right. And so what does this mean that God will save Israel? And and wh- where do we as Christians stand on that? And I've been, so that's what I wanted to talk about today with you. Yeah, I've been asked by people in the congregation um, of our church what how we should view Israel today yeah, um, and where do they fit in or, you know, just trying to, I said, well, I'm preaching through Romans. I'm going to get to that in Romans nine through 11. So oh boy, yeah, that's, that's forthcoming, but I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. But I think we should, we should um, maybe give a little taste of it now yeah. because uh, to understand some of the arguments for what's happening today, we need to go all the way back um, and just kind of uh, understand some of the theological reasons why people have such a fondness for Israel in the West. Okay. I, I'm willing to go back. You know, I love talking about the Bible and theology, but but I, I want if we're gonna do that, I want to make sure that we get back to like oh yeah. Really like what's happening today and how is this relevant today? And um you know, I, I see this I, I see three basic questions before okay. us. All right. And one is just like the theological, historical foundations. Okay, sure. And then there's the question of the formation of Israel. Oh, yeah. Um, in 1948. Yeah. And that, that leaves some questions. And and that's more of a geopolitical yeah, kind of, sure, kind of conversation. Sure, sure. And then the 
what's happening to now, yeah. right? So if you, if you get past those two questions, there's still a third question, and, and that's, are we, what are we supposed to do with this? Right, this right. Because uh, the way Israel's acting is, is different than the way we would. Yeah. What does it mean for, how should America support people who are dying and who are killing? Yeah. Uh, how should Christians support people who are dying, who are killing, and what is, how does that work? Yeah. So those are the three categories that come to my mind. Makes sense to me. Um, and so like the, you know, the, the historical theological question, yeah. people get confused uh, a lot because there's a, a lot of strains of theology that see Israel and the church as entirely different entities. Yes. They're different groups of people. They're right. different promises to each. And right. um, the church is, is a part of a storyline that will be raptured out of the way. Right. And then right. God will return to his, his uh, storyline with Israel. Yeah. And that's not what we think the Bible's saying. No. I remember when I was dating my now wife, when, when we were uh, just dating, we were going to a church in Texas, and the pastor was preaching through uh, the Sermon on the Mount, through the Gospel of Matthew. Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying every single sermon through that, this sermon is not for Christians. This sermon is not for Christians. It mm. is for Jews. And, but... It, Jesus gave it, and uh, we love Jesus, and so this kind of tells us some about the character of Jesus and the character of God, but the message here is not for Christians. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And even then, I thought, man, this is really strange. Hmm. I'm not sure what I think about this. And I was in seminary at the time, yeah. um, and so yeah, there's a there's a large strain of uh, of people who think that the church and Israel are totally separate. Uh, people of God with different ways to be reconciled to God. And we see uh, Israel and the church to be very much the same. Yes. That the Old Testament people of God yes. and Israel yes. uh, correspond to the New Testament people of God or the church. Yes. And so we even, we're even comfortable calling Israel the Old Testament church. Yes. Or, the, or calling us the New Testament Israel. Yeah, that's right. Um, and yet... Israel was a, a theocracy with uh, all the laws combined, and we have the separation of church and state. And so we have to kind of separate our discussion into the theological part and then the geopolitical part. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, because th- th- we're not a theocracy. That's right, yeah. And yeah. so uh, that's one of the differences, right? I mean, uh, so Israel, they're, they're the people of God who are holding to his promises. Yeah. And he is unfolding throughout history images, types, pictures of Jesus. Yes. Various offices, various prophecies. That's right. Um, all kinds of, of pictures and images and all that he instills. And so that when Jesus comes in history, we can recognize the Messiah. That's right. There's thousands of years of this, of this being predicted. And yes. the, the nation of Israel was... Uh, the ones who are birthing the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And uh, once the Messiah comes, this, then there's a bigger agenda, there's a bigger plan, and that's a, a global plan. That's right. And the church, uh, what we call the invisible church, or like the people who are really believing in Jesus, yeah. um, they are the picture of Old Testament Israel that was in microcosm. Yeah. And so uh, this is an important function that as you look at an Old Testament saint, they're looking back to their deliverance at the uh, the, the Red Sea. Yeah, that's right. They're looking forward to the coming King of David. That's right. Right. And they're living currently with um, uh, sacrifices or we might say sacraments. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they have a they have a, a lifestyle where they are worshiping and learning to walk in morality and 
and, uh, you know, obeying the Lord and all that. Yeah. Now you, you look at today, Christians, uh-huh. Uh-huh. we look back to our salvation from sin That's at, right. at the cross in our own history. Yeah. And then we look forward to the coming King of David or the return of Christ and right. the consummation of his kingdom. And today we have sacraments and we have the institution of the church and we, we seek to obey the Lord, but we're saved by his grace and they were saved by his grace. That's right. And, uh, so we like to emphasize the the oneness or the unity of the whole biblical storyline. Yes. Right. And yes. so we don't think of Israel as, we think of them as a different time in history. They're before the cross. Right. Um, but we think we're very much the same. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and so that has implications on how you view Israel today. That's right. Right. Well, and you're exactly right. And there are good reasons that we think that we are, that the church is the continuation of the people of God. Right? Mm -hmm. So uh, Paul talks quite a bit about how, uh, for example, in Galatians 3, Mm -hmm. the promise is made to Abraham, to his offspring. It doesn't say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ, and those who are in Christ are inheritors of the promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, given to Abraham, yeah. Or in Hebrews 8, in speaking of the new covenant, God makes the first one obsolete. Mm-hmm. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. That's that's gone. The old covenant is gone and the new covenant has come. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you see Jesus saying that he has fulfilled the law. That's right. Um, all of the law. That's and right. yet he issues the morality of the Old Testament moral law. Yeah. <clears throat> that that's... That's uh, that was written on stone. That's the character of God. That is to continue on, and we also take principles of civil law yes. from the Old Testament. Yes, yes. Um, and we take um, understanding of ceremonial or religious law. Yes, from the Old Testament. But That's Jesus right. is the fulfillment. Yes, and all theology points to Jesus. Yes, and so when a Christian today is saying, "Well, okay, there's a nation state across the ocean called Israel. Right? Are they God's chosen people?" Yeah, that is yeah. that is the question, <laughs> and that's what people are wrestling with out there. Yeah, um, and some Christians say, "Why, by golly, they are God's chosen people, and they they will always be God's chosen people." Yeah, and some Christians say, uh, "No, they were God's chosen people. Then they birthed the Messiah, and now God's chosen people are the Christians all over the world, right, from every nation state." That's right. Yeah, and we and I really think that that the God's chosen people now are the church, the people who are filled with the Spirit. Peter says in First Peter two, you you speaking to a church, uh, a a, a, a multinational, multiracial church. He's saying you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we can hear in that all kinds of Old Testament Absolutely. language that is applied to Israel. Right. National Israel in the Old Testament. And Peter Peter is saying all of this applies to you, Christians. the church. Yeah. And so who are the chosen people of God? I think Peter is really clear here saying yeah. it is the church now. Yeah. Um, and I think we could do a whole episode just validating those discussions yeah. of yeah. what we call, uh, and this is this is traditional um, covenantal or reform theology. Some yes. people call it uh, replacement theology. Correct. The church replaces Israel or fulfillment. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is true Israel. He fulfills Israel. That's right. And then the church is the, the other side of the cross. That's right. Um, uh, there's another word, supersessionism. Yep. 
um, mm-hmm. uh, if for people who are liking all that kind of jargon. Yeah, if, if you if you really <laughs> want to sound super get, smart, you can call get it super out on, You know, some on jargon you can. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then you know the uh, the view that a lot of Christians in this country hold uh, comes from old school dispensationalism, and I don't want to really talk about that so much as yeah. the, just the view yeah. that that God had this whole other economy with Israel. Yeah. And the church is its separate time in history. It will disappear in a rapture, and then God will restore Israel and have continue that economy. That's right. That they'll go back to sacrifices. There'll be right. a return right. of Christ. Um, and and that that gets into different branches of eschatology, which is a study of end times. None of that I'm, I think we need to talk about now. No, no. But the main thing is there that there there is. Um, several different streams of Christian Christian thought, Christian yeah. theology, that say that uh, God deals with the nation of Israel and the people of Israel totally separately than this whole idea of the church. Mm-hmm. And you can be in one or the other, and in fact, there are Jews who are part of the church, that's fine, but God also deals with Israel, and all the promises that he made to Israel are still for Israel, mm-hmm. and they haven't been fulfilled yet, and they are not fulfilled in the church. So the church has promises, and, uh-huh. and God relates with these two yeah. different groups of people very differently. Okay, so let's get into what we think. Okay. Um, so I am definitely uh, of the covenant theology, reformed theology, yes, yes. fulfillment, but... Um, I think that Romans is really clear, and th- this is a Romans. If you just read through Romans very carefully, yeah, um, I think it's very helpful in explaining that we as Christians are God's. We are we're God's people, yes, um, and yet. Jews can also become God's people the same way that we would by receiving Jesus. Yes. By a, a conversion, by becoming Christians. Yes. And then they're they're in some way they're both. They're they're of the Jewish heritage, but they've they've received their Messiah and and the Roman says this is like like receiving life back from the dead. Yes. And um and so it appears to me that Romans 9 through 11 that that God has a plan to bring lots of Jews to Jesus. Yes. Um, and then the question is, uh, well, some some people who hold to fulfillment or replacement theology don't think that that's necessary. Right. Because, well, there are Jews coming to Jesus. The emphasis is more about being a Christian and being God's people and being chosen and being a part of the church. Um, but I think that when you look at Old Testament prophecies and you look at them in, in with proper hermeneutics, and you look at Romans uh, 10 and 11 particularly, you see this concept of um, that they, he can not only just engraft the branches back into the tree of Israel, yes, meaning restore the Jews, but that he has a plan to do that. Yeah. Um, now, what that means, people can, boy, it, goes, it runs the gamut. Some people think that's going to be a national conversion right. of the nation state of Israel. Right. And I don't, I don't see that in scripture. I think it's possible. Yeah. But I would, I don't see that. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I would have no problem saying that there's nothing left for Israel, that everything is the church, except for just a few passages in scripture that mm-hmm. do seem to contradict that idea. Yeah. And I say that with trepidation because that's contradicting John Calvin. And I don't like to do that too much. <laughs> right. Right, uh, right. But he is not inerrant for sure. Sure. Um, and, and contradicting a lot of people in our own denomination. Not, not just, which is yeah, kind that's of right. a, that really right. herald reform theology. That's right. A lot of people don't think there's any place for Israel anymore. That's right. And, and I think as far as a nation state, I have to agree with that. But as far as God bringing um, Israel, like the, 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 the elect 
um, people that he's chosen from that yes. ethnicity. Yes. Um, that's still going to happen. And, it, and I think it's likely to happen in, uh, in great numbers. Yeah. But people can disagree about that. Yeah, that's right. That's a, that's, you're exactly right about that. There are, I think that there are hints of that right. in Scripture. And Romans 9 to 11 is, is the best place to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does seem like there's a plan. But you're right. There's, it's not at all about a nation of Israel per se. Right. It doesn't exclude that. Another place that we see that is in Luke chapter 21 when Jesus is is talking and he says, um, uh, they'll fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Gentiles, that's the rest of the nations. And it seems like he has, Jesus has some sort of sense that there will be a time when the, gen- the time of the Gentiles is over, and then Jerusalem will come back in some way. And that that could be the end of the age. It could so, be. So it's not necessarily that there's going to something happen with the nation state of Israel, right? But yes, the suggestion is there. Yes. So we can uh, say that Jerusalem is uh, a, a figure there, or it is uh, representative of uh God's holy city or Zion, but I think the more plain reading of that would be actually the city of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. But but then that is really weird. That that's a hint about something that I don't yeah. understand what that means. Right, and so I, in in this way, I hold this with an open hand. I say I'm just kind yes. of along for the ride, yes. and I want to see uh, Jews come to know Jesus, just like I want yes. everyone to come right. to know Jesus. That's right, and I want them to be offered the gospel and the good news and just like, well, like I want Islam to be offered Jesus in the good news yes, and they will come to Jesus the same way, a conversion experience born out of of understanding the good news and responding to it. Yes. And, um, beyond that, I don't think there's going to be like a very, uh, different or particular economy with the nation state of Israel. So we disagree with a lot of Christians who, who really hold that Israel has a prized place, even now, right. in the world. Right. That they're God's people and God's economy is going to return to that nation in a very special way. And yeah. uh, a lot of the end times, their, their understanding of eschatology is wrapped up in that nation state. Yes. And we're not in that same space. Yeah. And, and we're not because I just don't see it in Scripture. Right. It's just not there. And, and well, and we said they're hints. They're, the best we can say that we we hold it with an open sure. hand. Okay, right? they're, they're hints about yep. Jewish people coming to faith. Coming to faith. I don't even see a hint, right, of nation some states. sort of right. nation that's returning to. Yeah, and if anything, God. we can we can say that uh, there was prophecies about it being destroyed for yes. rejecting the Messiah. Yes, yes, right? yes. That's right. Um, okay, so anyway, that's why there are so many Christians who are who are. Uh, put Israel in a very special place. I used to live in Lynchburg, Virginia, the home yeah. of Jerry Falwell and yeah. Liberty University. And yeah. I remember seeing commercials on television yeah. where he would quote things like, God said to Abraham, I will uh, bless those who bless you. Right. And he was applying that to doing a fundraiser for current Jews in poverty. Yeah. That if you would bless... Yeah. Those yeah. Jews, you would be blessed. And I said, oh boy, this is some bad hermeneutics. This is a terrible uh, example. That's right. Of people misapplying uh, the scripture uh, that when God says it to Abraham, he said it to Abraham. Right. right? And, he, and Abraham's going to be a blessing to all the nations, meaning Christ. Right. And Galatians and Romans and the New Testament spells this out for us. Yes. Right? Um, yeah. That I think is, is pretty clear. 
um, in the New Testament, the way that Paul unfolds this and the, and the early church talking about, you know, do you need to become Israel? Do you need to become circumcised mm-hmm. in order to follow Jesus? And the answer was very, very clearly, no, you do not. You don't have to be Jewish to become Christian. Correct. Right? Correct. Um, but if you are Jewish, you need to worship Jesus in order to have the blessings yeah. of the new covenant. Okay. So I think this is all really important because there was a movement in history to reestablish Israel many, many, many years after Israel was destroyed by the Romans and other events that d- spread them throughout the globe. That's right. And the nation of Israel was was ruled by various empires, the Ottoman Empire for a long time. Long time, long time. Um, and then, you know, in history, there, there's the, the age of empires was ending, the British Empire was yes. collapsing. Yep. Um, the Ottoman Empire ended. Yep. The uh, Austrian-Hungary, uh, the Germans, That's all right. that kind of well, was all falling apart. And yep. after World War II, yep, um, was a time. Yep. I think for nations to be born. That's right. And uh, so. It, this is our second question then. What's the validity of this nation state existing today? This is a geopolitical, it's less theological, but yes. it's connected. It is. Because a lot of the Christians today who hold that Israel is God's special people, yeah. they um, it was almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. And this was a lot of the British um, had a um, kind of an agenda to yeah. reestablish Israel because they thought it was going to bring Christ back. And that... That, that they were God's special people and they needed their homeland. Right. Um, and that's, like as we said, that's theologically pretty weak. It is. To us. Yeah. Now, and, a lot of Christians can disagree with us about that. And people who thought that there would be, that there's some sort, that, that, that God works with both, with the church and Israel totally separately. Right. Um, decades before Israel came onto the, st- into, before 1948, those folks had no clue that this was going to happen, and there was no push for it. It was only uh, when geopolitically it was like, oh, this is almost going to happen. Then all of a sudden Christians who thought that we got uh, – all of a sudden started finding it in hist- in uh, the Bible. Yeah. They started finding it in the Bible once it was happening. Hmm. Yeah. And so um, the question is – do we think, do you and I think, I mean, because cause we're just two guys spitballing. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of information out there, by the way. There's tons, uh, we're not tons, experts. Tons, tons. We're not historians, which it's it's funny. There was a, uh, in, in, the, in our culture today, it's overrun with people who um, who run their mouth and don't have very much information. That's right. And maybe we fall into that category. Yeah. Um, I tend to think we have a little bit more information. We do. Um, I, I, <laughs> but, okay. You and I have more information than the average person, and we have more education than the average person uh, about these kinds of things. We probably shouldn't be talking about some other things, but when it comes to God's plan for Israel, I think we have more information. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that this this does get into um, a very geopolitical, historical. That's um, true. That's and, true. And there are people who are who have researched this for for two decades and wrote several books and that kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, and I'd say, you know, I've, I've watched different videos and I've looked at different things to try to get a better grasp because uh, we're really, we're moving away from our expertise, which is, um, you know, our theology yeah. and the Bible to... Um, to history and geopolitical stuff. So the formation of Israel, I personally don't have a problem with because, uh, well, some Palestinians do. Okay. So a bunch of Islam folk don't. Now when you start saying that, that's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people don't think they have a legitimate place. Yeah. A matter of fact, the the three uh, mantras I keep hearing over and over from uh, Islam and particularly militant Islam is no peace, no recognition, 
Yeah. No negotiation. Yeah. Uh, from the river to the sea. Right. We will right, take right, over. Right. That's and right. Allah will see that happen. And so there's like zero tolerance for Israel among yeah. some people because they, they purely see. And this is the this is the liberal perspective today by a lot of folks is that Israel has systematically stolen land from the Palestinians. Yeah. Has taken over their territory. Yeah. And um, and that is boy, that that's a. I did a lot of looking into that. Yes. It's that complicated. Is, that is extraordinarily complicated. Well, to a Palestinian, he, he, you know, I watched one guy say that this is not complicated at all. Right. Uh, we were there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. And they came in, they were only 10% of the population and they took over. Right. And they kicked us out and it was this great atrocity. Yep. Then I looked at other information. I found out that, that most of what happened there were Jews moving there and purchasing land. That they bought, they bought the land. Yeah. Um, then I came to understand, you know, there there are maps out there suggesting memes and different things that that this whole area was like this Palestinian paradise, and that just a few Jews came in and just have have run the Palestinians out. Right. But that's really not helpful. It's kind of a misnomer. Yep. Um, there were all kinds of people living there. Sure. Under no government. Sure. Right? When the Ottomans collapsed, there was a vacuum. Yeah. And there needed to be a government, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Uh, when Israel uh, is formed, uh, it's at a time when I think nations were uh, after after falls of empires, after big world sure, wars. Sure, sure, boundaries changed. They nations yeah. changed. Things, yeah. you know. And that's, if there's going to be a new nation, that's the right time for it. Yeah, yeah. A- anywhere in the world is what I'm saying. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, for for any nation to be formed, um, especially given the um, the rampant anti-Semitism and sure. the Holocaust and sure. all the stuff that we saw uh, affecting uh, Jews. And and the sheer hatred of sure. a lot of Islam, uh, you know, Muslims f- about Jews. Sure, sure. And the tension there. Yeah. Um, having a place to call home and defend, uh, I think, makes sense. It does make sense. And if there's any place in the world for Israel to uh, have a nation state, their ancestral lands going back not hundreds of years, but thousands of years, mm-hmm. makes sense to me. And if there's a vacuum of... So so here's the thing. People say, okay, well, they, they moved in yep. and they shipped all these other people out. They yep. took over. Um, well, if, if say, a bunch of Chinese people came to the United States and they purchased right. um, the state of Utah, for yep. example. Let's uh-huh. say they bought the whole state. Uh-huh. And then, um, first of all, there's a problem. Uh, would our federal government allow that many immigrants in... At that in such short order, right? So we have we have a we have a federal government kind of regulating that, right? Sure, sure. Then the second reason, if they decided to buy the the state of Utah and say, guess what, we're a special new nation, yeah. we're, we're a new Chinese nation, yeah, um, that would never happen because our federal government would say, oh no, this is our territory, and you are not going to be any nation think, other than the I think United States. Be- I think a better analogy would be if we wait another five hundred years, and then Native Americans. Uh, say, no, we're going to come in and buy the state of Utah or whatever state and say, this, these were our lands before all these people came in and settled. And then the mostly white and maybe black folks, mm-hmm. uh, Hispanic folks, are saying, no, we've been here for uh, you know, five, six, seven hundred years. And a Native American say, no, this was our place before that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a closer analogy. Well, okay, so uh, you're you're making a different point, though. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my sorry. Point, Go yeah. ahead. Keep going with yeah, your point. I'll come back to that. But my point is that that wouldn't happen because we have a federal government. Right. Oh, I see. I yes. see. I see. And in that in that region of uh, former Israel, right. Palestine, if you want to call it that, um, which 
by the way, was a name to inflame the Jew, right? Because it's it's related to Philistine, right? Um, and if you have read the Bible, folks, you know that that was yeah the an Philistines enemy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, they named it Palestine. So ancient, uh, or I sorry, um, Palestine had this. Um, lack of, it has a vacuum, a lack yeah. of government, lack of control, yeah. right? And that's why I think people are able to move in yep. and in great numbers and purchase the land and then say, hey, we want to become a nation. Yeah. What's there to prevent them from doing that? Uh, this is why I think the UN uh, and the League of Nations, you know, they try to to figure this out and yeah. say, well, yeah. we need two different states then. Right. We need a we need a Jewish state. Right. And we need a Palestinian state. Right. Right. And that was rejected. Right. And then from that time we have lots and lots of conflict. Yes, lots of violence. Yes. Um, now, do you want to say anything about that or you want to go back to your point? Well, I can go back to my point. Yeah. Uh, and and that is that I think both of these groups of people have some legitimate claim to this land. And to say, you have stolen it from us. I think both groups can say that with honesty and integrity. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really difficult. So how do we solve that? I don't know. I don't know yeah. a good solution. So for me, the yeah. fact that the Palestinians have been living there for so long, yeah. um, I think that that because of the Old Testament, Israel did not have a real basis to come in and say, this is our land. Okay. Um, and that would that would be similar to, uh, to, like you said, Native Americans coming and saying, hey... Uh, this was a what happened in the past was wrong. I think we can all say that. We can all agree sure, with that. Sure. And therefore, we, we're taking this country back. Yeah. Um, I don't think that would happen. I don't think it should happen. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, that Israel coming in um, to, to Palestine because it's, you know, it's been so long, I, I don't think that that's right or yeah, fair. It's been, it's been a crazy long time. And so I, I see that point from the Palestinians, right? Sure, but of course. My, but the, the, as I did research, I started thinking, well, uh, I don't see evidence of them stealing the land. I see evidence, and apparently a lot of evidence, of them buying the land. Um, sure, but also taking over. Yeah, so that's the question, right? To, and that's the part that's fuzzy for me. Yeah. Um, and that's where I need to be, a, um, I need to do a lot more research and, and being a historian would really help. Yeah. Because I heard different experts saying different things. Yes. Um, that Israel has, has always had this plan and this agenda and that they're, they've been uh, systematically pushing uh, to, to take over more space. Right. I've also heard uh, that no, Israel keeps saying here, um, take this land, have it, but form a nation and take responsibility for yourself yeah. and, and participate in, in the UN and, and, you know, and maintain your borders and take care of your people and be a responsible government. Right. And over and over again, the, the Palestinians say no. Right. Um, and they refuse. Yeah. And they don't want the Jews around. They, it seems like they have the agenda to kill Jews. That seems uh, like there's so many groups. I mean. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, they got Hezbollah in the north. There's uh, Al Qaeda in uh, sure. Afghanistan and sure. Taliban in, Afsta- in other countries, Pakistan. And, sure. Uh, sure. There's ISIS. Sure. Um, uh, what? Taliban? Did I say Taliban? You did. Um, I forget. Anyway. Oh, my the, gosh. There's so many of them, right? Yeah. Uh, Hamas, for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a lot of them. And. You're right, but the violence, I think, has come—I don't mean to minimize at all what you're saying or even yeah. to contradict it, but to add to it that Israel also has come in and said, okay, this is our land. You get to ha- you don't get to live on your land anymore. You get to live—we're going to give you a place, and we're going to be really generous by giving you your own place, but it has to be over there, and uh, and you need to do things the way that we say that you're going to do them, and we're going to give you freedom in this little space to do it. Yeah, see, I've heard that, 
narrative. And yeah. then I've also heard uh, that that's not true. And so I can, I'm trying to sort out the, yeah. the mess yeah. of information that's out there. Right. And I don't think we can do it very well. I don't well. think it's possible. Uh, well, not, not, not for us, I think. But I think some sure. people have really spent a lot of time on this. And, and um, you know, I, I'm trying to find those people and, and, and really zero in on them. Yeah. Um, but this idea that, that, you know, is Israel an apartheid state? Are, are, they, are they systematically oppressing people? Are they yeah. taking the Palestinians? Yeah. That's, that's the narrative, right? I think part of the complication is that uh, there all, are all different factions and groups within both of these broader groups, yeah. right? So like you say, the Palestinians, uh, Islam, you got some that are very, very peaceful and peace-loving folks, and then you got others that are, are violent and warmongers. There's no question about it. Yeah. And I think the same thing happens in Israel. And so then you say, well, Israel has been doing this to us. Well, not all of Israel. Mm-hmm. Palestine has been doing this to us. Well, not all of Palestine. And so you can develop different narratives from different groups. Yeah. It's really easy to do that. Yeah. And therefore, that's that's why it's really complicated. Yeah. Um, it's it's based upon a, a different perspectives and valid totally. perspectives. Totally. And, uh, when people lose their, their land or their home or what they perceive to be their land or home, yeah. whether it, it come from some sort of uh, global conflict or not, it's really upsetting. Yes. And they have a right to be upset. Yes. And any refugee situation is terrible. Yes. And I, I get that. And so as I'm trying to figure this out, I, what I don't want people out there to do is just jump on one narrative or the other. Oh, my goodness, yes. Because you can hear a Ben Shapiro explain away anything Palestinian. Yeah. And you can, you can hear a Palestinian explain away anything Israeli and make this, this terrible, tragic right. situation. Right. And so I'm trying to figure this out. Like, what is my opinion yeah. on the formation, the legitimacy of the nation of Israel? Yeah. And I think I've come down with it being legitimate. Okay. And that there were so many different people groups in that ungoverned area. Yeah. This is their, I think it, it, it has some valid uh, point that it, it's their, their, their homeland yeah. uh, originally, for yeah. thousands of years, you know. Right, right. Um, but I also see that people had been living there for hundreds of years, and this is all discombobulating. Yeah. Um, but the bottom line for me, I think where I... I finally made my decision Okay, is that I agree that with the UN that you have to have a government. Yes. And, um, it's, that's why I was saying that, it, that people couldn't just come in and buy up land in the U S and call it some other country because sure. we have a government that says, sure. no, you're not sure. doing that. And if there's no government, there's a vacuum, then you have problems. You always have like tribal wars. Yeah. And so you need governments to, to take responsibility. Yeah. And, um, what I've seen over and over again is Hamas and other groups uh, being offered. The, the PLO was offered the right. West Bank as a as a nation, right, right, and it never it never happened. Yeah, um, and then you have other Islamic countries that that really are just trying to make, make a land grab or like they want to uh, we want to add this to Jordan or something. Yeah, instead of making a Palestinian state, and. And so that's the narrative I keep hearing from the Israelis right. is that we offered, we don't want to be in Gaza. We don't want to be in the West Bank. You can have it. Right. But you have to govern it and you have to be a responsible government. Right. And they, they keep shirking that and saying, no, we're not going to be happy till it's the river to the sea. Right. Um, well, then what do you do? And they keep th- firing missiles at your... It makes sense. It's, okay, I can, so, honestly, yeah. I can see both sides of that. Right. I can see both sides of that. Yeah. So it, it's, it is sticky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I think now I want to hear your opinion, but I think that after doing some, uh, research 
that I agree that Israel has a right to be there and has a right to be a nation and has a right to defend themselves. Yeah. I think at this point, I think that you're—I have to agree with you at this point right now. Right. If we go back to 1948, I'm not sure what I would think, honestly. I, I, I can hear that. I definitely can see that. I— yeah. Given given the fact that we are right here in, in history where we are, um, things change, and, and this has been a, a, enough time that I think, uh, whether it was entirely on the up and up, yep. or were there atrocities, atrocities that Israelis, you know, I, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, so, but that's really where a lot of people are sticking right now. Yeah. I mean, forget about what they're doing uh, for just a moment. Yeah. Currently, that's the third part of this discussion. Right, right. But a lot of people are, don't see that they had a legitimate place to be there, and that they did take yes. Palestinian land. Um, that's what I keep seeing on the social media platforms all over the place. I think that that might be true. Mm -hmm. um, at least in part. At least in part. I think it's mm -hmm. more complicated than just to say even you know to have one sentence that evaluates what right. happened. I think is, right. is way too simplistic. No matter what sentence that is. Yeah. But I think in part, the, people were displaced that didn't want to be displaced. People were kicked off that didn't want to be kicked off. The people yep. were lost control because of their religion and race mm -hmm. uh, in 1948. There's no question about that in my mind. And that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, them, that's is Israel people, Jewish people, taking things that they should not have taken. Mm -hmm. On the other hand... Uh, I think that the, probably there was a lot of legitimacy to it um, that afterwards was called was called illegitimate, right? And I think it's just really, really complicated. Yeah, you know, I heard uh, I, I watched a, a couple things from Ben Shapiro as as a contemporary uh, right wing, con, you know, um, <laughs> a right wing Israeli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, supporter. He's of course Jewish, wears a yarmulke and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I heard him saying that that over and over again. I heard him saying that Palestinians have always been welcome. They, they've not been uh, oppressed or kicked off or um, that, that they, there's even a guy on the Supreme Court who's Palestinian, that they've, they've wanted all these different uh, people groups. Palestinian, that, that, that's, a, that's a broad term, by the way. It is. It's it, a very broad term. We're talking term. about a whole bunch of different kinds of people yes, who, yes, are, yes. who are Muslim, basically. And they said they've been working together uh, in Israel fine. It's, it's that there are militant Muslims who refuse to accept their, you know, no peace, no negotiations, no uh, recognition. We won't even recognize Israel. Right. That's definitely not all the Palestinians. But honestly, the fact that we're, hey, let's let's welcome Palestinians and have a multicultural community. That's not all Israelis either. Right. Uh, it's some. It's right. definitely some. Right. But not all. So it's, yeah, I, I think it's both and, right? There, yeah. There's yeah. a welcoming yeah. aspect and there's a get out of here aspect. Okay. So yeah. what does this mean for, what, what should Americans, and then separate from that, what should Christian Americans, I guess, mm -hmm. Christians, think, and how do we uh, think about and support or not support what's happening in the Middle East right now, in that in that conflict? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, for me, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I, I don't see a really uh, a special biblical place for the nation state of Israel. I agree. I see some ethnic um, uh, specialness in that, uh, you know, Romans 11 about uh, 
that they can be grafted in and, um, you know, that God, I think, has a plan to save Jews and probably in large numbers. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably accurate. Yeah. Um, I don't see how that has to necessarily has anything to do with the nation, although it could. Yeah. Um, The formation of the nation, a little dicey, right? Um, I do think that there were errors made by the typical um, white supremacy acting uh, colonizing sort of mentality. Yeah. You know, th- this is a white man's world and we're going to do it our way. Yep. I think there was um, a large uh, uh, oversight there in terms of the League of Nations and the UN. Okay. Um, I think that, uh, but I don't think a, an ungoverned place can stand very long. Sure, sure. So it's like e- either get a government or, and, and when you're offered a government and you refuse it yep. over and over again, and all you do is keep t- t- taking pot shots at the at this nation that is uh frankly been thriving yeah oh yeah makes it's, great scientific advancements oh, yeah. and it's human a, uh, rights advancements yeah, and, sure. and it's, it's a thriving society it is and so and it's a democracy yes and i like that of course yes. um and so I, I look at all this stuff and that's so i have the the first question is no i don't have a, a, sep- a special place in my heart theologically the second thing i think i've i distilled this down to uh, they have a right to exist certainly now yeah um and then the third question is okay now that they've they've been attacked and they're retaliating, um, which I think they had a right to. Uh, but what the heck are they doing? Yeah, I mean, this is this is like um, excessive, right? It it, it is absolutely. It's a, excessive. It's a human uh, rights tragedy. Yeah, as I said earlier. Yes. Yes, uh, yes, yes. There are so many kids being blown up. Yes. And and I know that Hamas hides in civil yes. places, and yes. and they they try to, you know, it's it, this has happened all the time, by the way. I mean, yes. this happened with uh, the, the Viet Cong in the Vietnamese War. And, oh, yeah. I mean, th- this is this is nothing new. That's right. It's dirty. Yeah. It's ugly yep. um, to, to bring civilians in at all. But if they just set up a big building and said, hey, this is all the Hamas people are in this building. Right. Of course. That's not how that, you do war. That's how the building's going to, you know, right. they're going to end that uh, building, and that will be the end of the war. Um and so to go in there and to do what they're doing yeah uh, and decimating an area yeah and what it, I don't understand the end game there yeah um because it appears to me that it's just going to uh, bring support in the long term for Hamas and other militants and I completely agree yeah aggressive types to be you know Benjamin Netanyahu uh, set it up I think very poorly by saying what we're going to do is get rid of Hamas altogether if that's the goal, uh-huh. then anything short of that, he has failed. Right. If there's one person out there who says, I'm with Hamas, he's failed. And that means there's got to be an incredible devastation. He has to just nuke the whole place. It's just not going to happen. Right. Um, but it is going to bring people more and more to the side of Hamas for people who are who, who want to see Israel destroyed. I, I You know... <laughs> So many times Hamas has, has done some missile strike or they've blown up some bus. Yeah. It's like over and over again, they keep taking these pot shots, I call them, right? Yeah. And, and causing death or their, you sure. know. Sure. And, and this last one was a, was a more significant strike. Huge, yeah. Um, and, and by the way, I think this born out of the weakness of our White House right now, hmm. um, that Israel feels largely secured and backed by the United States. Mm. The United States sends them aid. They buy weapons from the United States companies. Yep. They're they're bolstered by the United States. Yeah. And and I think we're in a very sticky situation now. Okay. Because of the way they're waging war, which they've done before, by the way. Yeah. And and maybe the warfare in that part of the world is different than, you know, the just war heritage that we have, but it shouldn't be. Right. Um 
I don't think civilians are, are a valid target. Correct. I understand that you have problems with this area. I understand they've tried to withdraw and say, hey, you guys govern this area. Right. And, um, and all they do is keep getting yeah. uh, bombed. Yeah. I, I get it. I get the whole, I understand why they went in there. But overall, this is putting a lot of pressure on us as their chief ally. Yeah. Um, as the international community says, what on earth are you doing? Right. This is excessive. Um, and now even their own people are saying that as, as they're, you know, they're trying to return, uh, Hamas is trying to return Israeli um, prisoners of war in an exchange, and they're gunned down by Israeli soldiers. I, I haven't heard this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, and, and so it, it, supposedly it was a mistake, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, they're coming across and they have like no shirts on to, to, to demonstrate, got no suicide uh, you know, vests on or whatever, no weapons, right. and they're coming across, and, and and they're shot, shot dead right there. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I I I saw some really good quotes um, by some guys saying, you know, yeah, if we're friends with Israel, then friends tell other friends when they're committing crimes, or yeah. you know, and they they confront them. Yeah, that's good. And um, you know, this other quote was saying that that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu has more influence in in dc than biden himself interesting um and so there's just man there's a, there's I, a lot of worth, voices I, I understand the point there i right. don't think that's true i don't think that's, so either that is way overblown i understand yeah. what someone's frustrated or whatever but right. that's that's a ridiculous statement but th- there's but i understand the point all kinds of statements being made right now right yeah. and into this very complicated yeah. issue yeah yeah um you know there were there were people zionists those are the those are the christians who believe that the nation state of Israel is still very, very important for eschatology yes. and, and yes. Know, biblical um, storyline. Yes, uh, they were part of the founding of Israel. Yeah, that's and there are people today who, um, because of their theology, have this blind sort of a regard for Israel as God's people. Yes, and I, uh, I just think that's really unhelpful. Yes, and so that's back to that first topic. And then the second topic, it's really muddy for everyone right now about the validity of this nation being formed. Yes. Um, I think it's valid. Yes. Um, I guess. I mean, that's my best guess. And then now the current situation, again, I understand why they've retaliated. I understand they're frustrated. I understand that something's got to give. Yeah. Um, I do think there needs to be a Palestinian state. Yeah. Um, with borders, I think. I think basically, I think the whole world needs to be involved in a peace deal. Mm. And uh, let's just whatever whatever um, atrocities, let's get them out in the open. Yep. Whatever um, uh, corruption, let's yep. get it out in the open. Yep. Uh, on both sides. Yep. Let's just like expose it all, and, and let's have like the UN come with some terms. Yes. Um, that everyone can can agree with mm. before this turns into World War Three. Yeah. Because. Uh, what Israel is doing to try to uh, limp, to blot out, mm-hmm. which I don't think is going to work. Right. We've, we've, we've said that. Yeah. It's just polarizing and, and unifying Sunnis and Shias who are, who are, you know, have been in bad blood. Yep. Uh, they're just going to feel like, well, let's just, let's get together. They're going to unite. Yeah. Yeah. Let's unite against Israel. That's right. Um, uh, the last thing I was looking at before I came over here was Turkey. Yeah. Turkey is sending a large boat with humanitarian aid on it okay. uh, across the sea, the Mediterranean, yeah. um, 
fully expecting now, and and I don't even know what's happened, because uh, what the video I was watching was a few days old, uh, that that uh, the Israelis are going to stop that boat from arriving mm. in Gaza, mm. and then what's Turkey going to do? Yeah, right. Um, and and then what's the United States going to do? Yeah, when when numerous nations, Arab nations, start banding together, right. Um, or superpowers start getting involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, are we gonna Are we gonna die on the Israel Hill because there's so many Zionists in our country, or because there's so much influence of Jews in our country, or because we want democracy in that region so badly, or because they have a longtime ally? Yeah. Um, uh, those are all important things. Yeah. Um, but they've got to wage war in a in a more appropriate manner, in my opinion. Makes sense to me. And I think that Christians should always be on the side of those who are hurting. You mean in terms of... I think uh, that we need to be... Uh, whoever is hurting, whoever is disenfranchised, whoever is poor, whoever is losing their loved ones, mm-hmm. that we should come and, and bring comfort and support. I see that in a term in terms of being... Um, uh, I see that in terms of evangelism okay, and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like uh, geopolitical allies, I think that's confusing. Could you maybe bring more clarity to what you're saying? Uh, because I th- they're, they're hurting on both sides. Yeah, and I think that we should, we should be participating. I'm not talking about sides. Americans right. per se. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. So we're, I'm an American and I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian right. first and right. I'm American second. Right. I'm American and not any other nation, so I don't. I, that's right. that's important to me, but far more important to me is that I'm a Christian. Correct. And there are Christians on both sides who are suffering. Right. Um, but I don't even care about the, whether someone's a Christian or not. If someone is suffering and we can help, I mean, there are there are people on both sides now right. who are uh, are are celebrating holidays without loved ones prematurely. Mm-hmm. There are people on both sides who don't have clean drinking water. Mm-hmm. Right now, and Christians need to be on uh, helping those who don't have water. I mean, Jesus was pretty clear about mm-hmm. that. Uh, those who are suffering, what you do to the least of these in my name, you do to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to be. That's what so Christians are. Priority you, are you saying on. you're going to sign up to go to Gaza and with some water? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if there was a way that I could support that, and I've been actually paying quite a te- quite a bit of attention, and God, mm-hmm. they're suffering a lot more in Gaza than they are yeah. in Israel right now. And if I, but the aid is not getting through. It's trickling. It's trickling through. Mm-hmm. But there's lots and lots of people without clean water to bathe right. in and to drink and to. Yeah. And that's terrible. Yeah. And I don't even care about the geopolitics of it. When someone is thirsty and can't feed their children, mm-hmm. we need to do something about that. And if I knew a way that was effective to do, I would absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't go myself. Uh, yeah, I'm not prepared for that. But I, <laughs> how do I support someone who will? Right. So if you were if you were an Israeli person, yeah, yeah. and uh, there was, uh, or or I'll make up a, a, a figment of my imagination. Sure. Um, you are uh, uh, an American who's been bombed yeah. by a terrorist neighbor. Yeah. And that neighbor now is in dire straits. Yeah. Um, you're saying that it's the Christian responsibility to then reach out. Save that person from their um, their doom, even though you know in saving them they're going to bomb more of your family. Well, not no. I'm not trying. I don't want to 
I'm painting, uh, I'm painting quite a picture for you. You are. You yeah, are yeah. indeed. Uh, I like I like to put you on the spot. We need to we need to restrain evil. There's yeah. no question about that. But we also need to bring support. Uh, it, it's it's a small group of people who are perpetrating all this evil. Yeah. Relative to the number of people who are hurting. That's true. And and that's a big problem. That's a huge problem, and that yeah. is an to me a super easy thing for Christians. Where do Christians fall? What side do Christians fall on? Christians fall on the side of the poor, the broken, the marginalized, the hurting. Always. Always. Hmm. And we try and support them however we can. There is a place to restrain evil. I'm glad that we have a military. I'm glad that Israel has a military. I'm glad that that, uh, Islam has a military to protect themselves, Islamic countries. Um, I don't want terrorism. How do we stop that in every possible way? How do we restrain evil? That's why those militaries should exist. But the number of people who are doing those things, causing massive devastation, are very small compared to those yeah. who are hurting. I think, I think uh, one, we're getting a little bit off topic, but Fair I, I think I agree with you mostly. I, I'm a little bit hesitant because of the way you said it in such an ultimatum sort of way, where I think, I think there probably are situations where I would disagree, maybe. Um, so I, that's what I would want to think about more deeply. I think that uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll challenge you or maybe we disagree. I think the principle is very simple. The application of it is can be complex. Uh-huh. That is, if I help this person, are they going to use the resources I give them to perpetrate evil, to, to do violence against others and possibly mm-hmm. me? It doesn't matter if it's me or right. others. And if they're going to use what I give them as a way to mm-hmm. further violence, and, and I don't know that, but maybe they are, and so then I have to make complicated decisions, I don't want to help yeah, perpetrate yeah. violence when, but but if i but, but the principle but the you principle you're, you're of, stating pretty yeah if someone is hurting we don't the christians are on the side of those who are hurting uh-huh and we try to support and help and bring comfort yeah yeah hey this is dave with the hopper podcast if you can't find a politician or a media outlet that represents your views you're not alone you've got a home right here We've broken free from the cultural and political narratives that dominate the landscape. There are more of us than you might realize. So help us grow the Hopper podcast. Find your favorite episode and click the share button and put it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or somewhere else. Thanks. Dave, it is winter time. Yes. I hate winter. Me too. It is so freaking cold. I don't like cold. Man, uh, I would... I don't like really cold weather. I don't like really hot weather. But of the two, I much prefer to be in the heat. Agreed. Yeah. I'd much rather sweat than shiver. Yep. Uh, and we're about to get into it. And I mean, we are into it. But I, we are far away from the warm weather. The way I look at it is here it's, it's December. It's getting... Uh, That's when we're recording yep, this. The yep. days are getting short. Yep. Uh, the shortest day is tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the 20th, right? Tomorrow's 21st. Today's the 21st. Oh, today's the shortest day. It's the short... We're recording this on the shortest day. The but shortest the, But the coldest day. weather is still coming up. Yeah. And that's why I said, uh, after the shortest day, then guess what? You have three months, the worst three months of the year. Yeah. it really It's the worst three months of the year. Yep. But as I was thinking about that, uh, I started thinking about, uh, is there anything that I'm grateful for with, in terms of the weather? I've been, I've been working really hard to try to be thankful. Uh-huh. 
That's good. And uh, it's good discipline. It is, and it's it's a uh, discipline. It's not easy. Yeah, uh, sometimes, especially when it's so cold and dark outside. Every time we're getting ready to hang out, I have to do that. I know. I have to be like, tell why? You, why am I going to hang out with this guy again? I'll tell you what, what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for, that you kept your pants on this time while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's something I'm very thankful for. You're just jealous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I'm thankful for is that we don't live in even colder climates. That's for sure. And yeah. uh, we live in a place that is too cold for me, for my uh, sensibilities, but it is a lot. Uh, so I started thinking about yeah, Antarctica. could be a whole lot worse. I started thinking about Antarctica. Uh-huh. Uh, You're like, I'm so grateful I don't live in Antarctica. I'm so grateful I don't live in Antarctica. Yeah. Um, I love root names. Do you know where the name Antarctica, do you know what the name Antarctica means? Um, it's anti-Arctic. Anti-Arctic. That's uh-huh. right. So, uh, so against or not right. Arctic, and Arctic comes from uh, the uh, the the ancient Greek meaning bear. Oh. And so the Arctic is where the bears are. Right. Antarctic is where there are no bears. Yeah. And it's opposite of the. It's Arctic. the opposite of yeah. the Arctic. Yeah. There are penguins, though. There are penguins. Yes. Lots and lots of penguins. Yeah. Antarctica is What's actually the Greek root for penguin. That's a good question. I don't yeah. know. We could rename this. Yeah, the Penguin Place. Yeah. Yeah, Penguin Island. We need the Greek root of penguin. You need to get on that. I need to get on that. I, I'm, my, my Greek is getting rusty Yeah. if I don't know penguin. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Antarctica is actually pretty large. It's larger right. than Australia. Uh-huh. It's larger than the United States and Mexico combined. Yeah, you're talking about the 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 landmass. The landmass. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's huge. A, it's a big place. It's a big, big place. Uh-huh. It's also really, really windy. Yeah. Uh, there are some places where it has sustained winds at times, not all the time, mm-hmm. but sustained winds of 200 miles an hour. That yeah. is the same as a Category Five hurricane, or a F3 tornado. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, now that's not all the time, but there are times when it like that's right. just that's the wind that's there. Right. It's crazy. It is a desert. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the largest desert in the world. Right, which just means there's no available water. That's right, and uh-huh. not much um, precipitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very little precipitation. But when it does precipitate ice, snow, ice, uh, it stays. Yeah. It stays. Um, with all of that ice that's there. Can you do this segment with a Morgan Freeman accent or uh, oh imp- impersonation? <laughs> Antarctica, <laughs> keep trying, is officially a desert. No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> okay, uh, listen. Okay, I, I can get, I can those, get, those... I can get low enough. I, I, I can get low enough, but I don't know <laughs> if I have the Morgan Freeman. Anyway, yeah, I'm not even gonna try. Um, you with, just, you just tried, and it was abysmal. There it Continue. is. All yeah. right, uh, Antarctica, with all that ice and snow that's there, yeah. mostly ice, it has. Seventy-five percent estimated. Seventy-five percent of the Earth's fresh water hmm. is all frozen right. in Antarctica. How much? About seventy-five percent hmm. of all the fresh water in the world. And in fact, yeah. some people are saying that in the future, when a lot of our fresh water is being used up, mm-hmm. that that's going to be uh, one of the resources in Antarctica that's going to be a big, big deal, and people are going to hmm. be fighting for that resource. It's hard to say. I don't. I don't know about that. Right. But um, there are three poles in South, it, three South Poles, three different places that claim to be the South Pole. One, of course, is the 
um, uh, the magnetic South Pole. Uh-huh. So that's where your, uh, you know, the right. the, a, uh, the magnetic. Um, what do they call that? A field. A magnetic field. That's right. Yeah. The South Pole, the magnetic field. That is slightly different from the the axis of the Earth, right. uh, South Pole. Right. So that's the second one. And a third one is called the South Pole of Inaccessibility. It uh, It is the place that is the hardest to get to, the most remote place in the world. Okay. Uh, because the ax- so the other two poles are actually not, are, are closer to the coast uh, because it's not a complete, you know, it's not a, yeah. a circle there. Anyway. Uh, it has one of the Earth's uh, active volcanoes uh-huh. is on the island, and, and that is related to, um, it has got some huge mountains, some massive, right. massive mountains. I always, in, in my mind, these things are interesting because I think of it just being a, a white you know, sheet and nothing else, but yeah. it is, it's got a lot of different um, geographical, it's a continent, it's a massive, right. massive continent. Um one of the mountain ranges, which is huge, is completely buried in snow and ice. Right. And so it's one of those flat places where you just can see for miles. It looks like a sea, but it's mm-hmm. completely white. Underneath that is a massive mountain range. Right. That's completely buried. Um, they just know that from Sonic um, and other right. kinds of uh-huh. imaging and stuff. One of the places that does... So there are lots of places that get above the freezing point. Um. Not just barely, but water does uh-huh. flow in Antarctica. And one of those places has um, flow. The water flows over an area that has an enormous amount of iron, and so there is a waterfall that is blood red. Okay, in Antarctica, um, I heard about this and I looked it up. It is fascinating. It's this actually a small waterfall. It's not real big. It's not like Niagara Falls. Have you seen any pictures? Yeah, I've seen pictures. Yeah, they're pretty interesting. It okay. looks. I don't think I've seen this it or heard of this. It looks blood red. Yeah. It really does. It looks creepy. Yeah. Really, really creepy. Especially with all that white surrounding. Yes, yes. And it's in a place where there are there's a lot of snow, but there's also some like ground, like dirt, and so it's like gray and brown and uh in places and then this red that comes over. It's it's really bizarre looking. Hmm. It's really bizarre looking. Yeah, and it's been there for a long, long time. And sometimes it freezes, but sometimes it flows. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing, uh, Antarctica has the saltiest lake on Earth. Really? Yes. The saltiest lake on Earth is in Antarctica. Um, Seawater typically is 3.5% mm-hmm. salt. Uh, the Dead Sea is about 30% salt, which yeah. is why... Uh, you can float in it. Any, right. any, but not, well, you can float in anything, but right. um, people just get in there. You, you can't sink. Like you just right. Uh, and so, the there's a uh, lake on in, in Antarctica the um, that is forty percent, forty percent salt. Hmm. It is not sodium chloride. It's a different salt. Yeah, but it is. It's uh, calcium chloride. Uh, and that lowers the freezing point of the water right. so that it can be below freezing, the right. way we call it, below yeah. freezing, uh, and it still be uh, uh, liquid. Right. Yeah, yeah. There are tons and tons of penguins and lots of other animals. Um, the most common animal, land animal, is uh, a worm. Lots and lots of worms. Worms. All through. Worms that have 
blood that has uh, anti-freezing properties oh. in it. Um, in, in them. And scientists are really studying them. There's actually mm. 80 different research stations there, and a lot of them study the animals and the plants uh-huh. and the, the biodiversity that's there. Yeah, um, They come from 30 different countries, and each of those research stations has their own time. Has their own... Right. Uh, there's not really time zones. Right. Because it's so far south. Pretty When you're on Antarctica, pretty yeah. much every direction you go is north. Right. If you go right, that's north. If you go left, that's north. Mm-hmm. That's a weird... Uh, yeah. So tell me this. And and you're reading about Antarctica, yeah. trying to drum up some uh, some gratitude for yes. wintertime here. Yes, yes, yes. Um, did, you, did you discover any of the uh, theories about um, uh, when it was tropical, what lived there yes. prior? Yeah, tell me about that. So I don't know a whole lot about it because uh-huh. I just am not that interested in uh, – the, so, there's very scant evidence, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Very scant evidence. Uh, but some uh, that, yes, it was at one time tropical. And, Part of Pangaea, perhaps? Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. right. Okay. That's right. Part of Pangaea. Uh-huh. And so – but that would have been so long ago that I – mean, even the idea of Pangaea is probably correct, um, but, it man, it's – yeah, I, mm-hmm. I don't know enough about it. But uh, yeah, there's some yeah. of it that seems to have been um, tropical. There would be zero evidence of any former civilization. Oh, yeah. There's no evidence of former civilization. Not yeah. that I saw. Not uh-huh. that I saw. Yeah. And there's no one who lives there permanently now. But there are places that are uh, uh, inhabited. Is that the right word? People in, uh, inhabit certain yeah. locations year-round, but they're always visitors. There's no one who lives there permanently. So this this is a kind of sci-fi uh, thing that I find very provocative or yeah. interesting is that, that um, if Antarctica was to thaw, you know, yeah. Um, and, yeah. and we could finally, like, explore the mountain range, would, would there be uh, artifacts or evidence of civilization from way, way, way back or, you yeah. know, yeah, fossils yeah. and things like that? that sure. That, that interests me. You could definitely make a scientific um, or, or sci-fi movie uh, off that premise. Yeah, um, we should do that. That's a great idea. Well, you know, you you write the screenplay. I'll take credit for half of it. Okay. <laughs> you can go to church. There are eight churches in Antarctica. Eight churches? Eight churches. Okay. Yeah. Uh, four of them are Catholic churches. I don't know what the other four are, uh-huh. but they're Christian of some sort. You can go there. Tourism is very highly regulated. Um and the uh you know who can go not who but how many people can go there how many people can go there at a time where they can go mm-hmm. no dogs are allowed um in antarctica um at the very very beginning they had there were dogs that would pull sleds and that kind of thing uh-huh. but now they're very concerned um pretty much everybody's very concerned that if dogs got loose they could wreak havoc on the uh other inhabitants they could eat all those worms yeah, the worms and the and the penguins and right. who knows what. And so no dogs. Penguin eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, you know, it's this is all very interesting. The the worms with the icy blood, that's that's uh that's fascinating. Um your wife says that you have that kind of blood. Um, yeah, I don't know why she says that. Um <laughs> it's it's she keeps saying that though. You you should be happy in winter. Because of the icy blood? No, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. You're now, already actually, cold. You're already a Jack Frost. Actually, as it turns out, um, uh, I have really good circulation, and she is constantly putting her yeah. icy feet on me. Right. 
Uh, that and, sounds very gender uh, typical. Yes, yes, and yeah. actually, it doesn't. And that usually doesn't bother me. I mean, I I, I like warming her up, but also, uh, when if I get under a blanket, even in the wintertime, well, you know, we have heat in the house, so yeah. that's that's nice. Right. Um, if we did, another thing to be grateful story. for. Nothing to be grateful for. Yeah. But if I'm under a blanket, even a small one, then I I warm up pretty quickly, and so I'm happy to get cooled off a little bit. Right. Yeah. 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 When I see pictures of Antarctica, I think who in the world would ever even want to do research there? Yeah. I and mean, that looks awful. Yeah. Now, you know, if it thawed out, I might be the first one to go explore it. Would you want to go to those places that don't have any ice or snow? That are just like dirt and ground and, and like running water? In the summertime, they have those places. And there I mean, are, there's like 1% or 2% of the land, which be, based on the size of it, that's a massive amount of land still, but 1% or 2% uh-huh. never has any snow or ice on it. I don't think that interests me at all unless there was like the chance of some sort of discovery. I see. Or okay. some sort of you know reason to Well, you've to got go a degree exploring. in biology. You can go to, there's a lot to discover yeah. with these animals. There's a lot of animals there. I mean, it's like going to, to like Greenland, right? I mean. Sure, but it's a lot wants, colder. Who wants to go there? You know, Fair like, enough. Uh, there's there's little critters there too and stuff, but there is, that just yeah. doesn't interest me at all. No, um, I am not interested in going. Um, I, I I don't think that there's interest. any reason to go. Yeah, they don't uh, make a coat warm enough for me to be there. <laughs> I'm with you, but aren't you glad that we're not there? I am glad. Even yeah. in January and February. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Well, We're not in Antarctica. This is sort of a weird discipline for gratitude. It's, I'm trying. It's like I'm saying, doing my best. It's like, aren't you glad we don't live on the moon? Aren't, start- you, <laughs> aren't you so grateful that we're not floating out in space yeah, right, right now? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's true, yeah. yeah. You and, know what we should do? Uh, I like your idea of thawing out Antarctica uh-huh. uh, and seeing what's there. And the only way to do that is to increase global warming as fast as we possibly can. Right. We should have a complete meltdown we should just so have, we can explore Antarctica. We should Antarctica. find some right. way <laughs> right. that we can, you know, I'm going to get some uh, gasoline guzzling vehicle and just leave it running all day and all night, all the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in order to help the greenhouse gases to... Uh, oh, you're helping the greenhouse gases. <laughs> yeah. So are you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, we're back to looking at this puzzler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm looking at it. I'm looking at this paragraph right yeah. now. I'm going to read it again. Okay. Uh, this paragraph is odd. What is its oddity? You may not find it at first, but this paragraph is not normal. What is wrong? It's just a small thing, but an oddity that stands out if you find it. What is it? You must know. Your days will not go on until you find out what is odd. You will pull your hair out. Your insomnia will push you until your poor brain finally short circuits, trying to find an oddity in this paragraph. Good luck. All right. So have you figured out what is the oddity in this paragraph? Have I figured it out? Yeah. Um, now, I've been running my mouth during this episode, <laughs> but I, I can tell you, uh, yet the whole paragraph is odd. That's true. Okay. Well, what's odd about it? Um People don't say this. It's just, I don't know. You have to tell me. You, you, are, you are on the right track. Okay. Um, let me give you a hint. Uh, the paragraph does not say that it is weird. And it could not say it was weird. Uh-huh. Does that help you? Um, hmm. No. No. All right. I will tell you. 
Yes. The paragraph does not contain the most commonly used letter in English. E. E. There is not a single E E in the entire paragraph. That is odd. Isn't it? Uh Uh-huh. And that's why it couldn't say that it was weird. That's right. Um, Have you ever tried writing without a letter? It's really, especially the letter E. It's really hard. It's really hard. I have not. This is a pretty natural sounding paragraph. As you said, it's not completely natural sounding. Right. But it's pretty natural sounding and pretty long not to contain the letter E. Interesting. And I'm sitting here staring at it, but no, I did not pick up on that. Pick up on it. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, I hope that uh, while we were rambling, you were able to figure this out. Uh, (laughs) Sure, I'm sure you listeners. Yes. (laughs) Lots of people figured it out. Uh, Anyway, I, I think those are fun. Hey, you made it to the end of another episode of the Hopper Podcast. Where we talk about things that matter and things that don't. We certainly had both of those today. Our next episode is going to dive into another important topic, the healthcare crisis. Oh, yeah. That is a topic that really matters, and and the issues there are getting bigger and bigger every day. We are ready to unpack it with our signature blend of seriousness and silliness. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, and queries. Send them our way. Dive into the show notes for ways to contact us by email, voicemail, texting, or you can hit us up on Facebook. We accept messages delivered by carrier pigeons, too, as long as they've been briefed on the topic. And before we go, I want to thank you, Willie, for not farting for at least 10 whole minutes during that last talk. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad you noticed. It was 10, at least 10 minutes. Thank you. (laughs) It's It's quite a change.